yak babies, sex, presidents, and sometimes books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Arturo's Hammer Hut, Bango Bingo. My name's Aaron, I'm here with personal pals, Brick. Good morning. Good morning to you. We have Dave. Hey, boys. Hello. And we have new American Nico. Good uh, brunch time. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yes. Right <laughs> to be accurate. And you're having brunch right now in the form of beer. Today's episode is a return to our new sort of category segment, kind of a little short blooper episodes where we're looking into some of our favorite readings or favorite books are there in different categories. We previously did the 19th century, and now we're entering into the 20th century. More familiar territory for the personal pals, I would say. We're more 20th century readers, I think, overall. So we're going to have a lot of runners up here and other good picks. So I want to hear from my personal pals what their favorite books in the literary genre from the 20th century are I, I probably have i think everyone's answer but i want to see if i have some surprises here mm-hmm. let's start with brick i mean this is a hard one for me i mean obviously my answer is lolita sure. but well one we're going to talk about that sometime in the future but two we talk about it a lot so <laughs> i mean most of my favorite books are 20th century books so yeah. it's hard i ended up picking uh, which is another book i talked about a lot i picked watership down oh yeah good pick uh richard adams richard adams yeah uh, probably the book I've read the most hmm. in my life, except for maybe The Leader of Frankenstein. It's just a good book. It's, yeah. it's a kid's book, but also it's for adults. It's yeah. layered. It has some pretty complex political themes, but also it's just a good story. The writing's pretty good. Yeah. And it's kind of a it's a good escapist read. When was the last time you read Watership Down? Maybe five, six years ago. Okay, so pretty recent. Pretty recent. It, it, holds it holds up as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like juvenile. So. Right. That may worry going back to I haven't reread it since I read it in like sixth grade. But I'd be worried that it would be like because I remember at the time you'd be like, "This is like a serious novel. This is like big yeah, stuff. It, it takes itself seriously. Yeah, you know. But you're saying that it does. It still does. It, it holds. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 enjoyable as an adult. It doesn't feel like you're reading a kid's book, even yeah. though it's about talking rabbits. Yeah, I mean it's like in the same way that it's not the same kind of novel that like Animal Farm is. Yeah, know, it's not just like an animal book. It's like a more involved political allegory watch it kind of the same way it's about politics and war and yeah loss. you know and so but if animal farm were like took more effort into trying to be like they're very real rabbits beyond the fact yeah. that they i mean obviously they were able to like do complex thinking that normally don't but it also you know there could be a version of that book with no dialogue and the yeah the the action would still make sense just if you were sitting on a bench watching a bunch of rabbits for six months right you know but then the characters are good and the the plot's interesting and then yeah the way it tells the story i mean imagine the dude did sit on a bench and just watch rabbits for a long time and i was like oh why don't i why don't i come up with a story you know what i mean <laughs> yeah sure but then you know there's a lot in there about authoritarianism and different kind of political structures and, and some, some the weird warren of nihilist rabbits and yeah there's a lot going on under the surface of the bunny story yeah, it's like about geopolitics. It's yeah. just <laughs> have to be like in the form of a rabbit burrow or bear yeah. or whatever. Oh. Yeah. Good pick. Love that book for sure. Yeah. Dave? Mine is going to be Jazz by Toni oh, Morrison, nice. Yeah, which it's just, it's so formally, interestingly done with great story and characters. You know, it's seen as kind of a, I can't think of the word, but it's like an unconnected sequel to Beloved. It's like there's a, a trilogy of like Beloved about. novels, yeah, right? Uh, beloved. Connected, isn't it? I mean, it's not connected, like in the but sort of spiritually up, connected. Like, takes place in the same yeah, yeah. chronology. Yeah, yeah. and I think right, Paradise yeah. is also yeah. the third in that trilogy, mm-hmm. yeah. which I've read too. And you know, there's no like, there are no characters who appear in in multiple books or anything. Right. But yeah, um, thematically linked. Thematically linked, sure. So Jazz is like post Beloved, 
but yeah it's just every time i read it there's something new like a new discovery to be made new connection something new lands every time so yeah and it's yeah it's just really good and it's um I think maybe I told you guys, but I, I know you. some of us like Paul Auster's City of Glass. Mm. I read it. I read it. It's okay. Oh, I thought you really liked that. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. You guys need to have a, yeah. sit down and talk about what you yeah, actually we... have read, haven't read it, but you like, don't like. Just like <laughs> I, I, I have read it. It's, it's good. But oh, wait, is City of Glass? I don't know if that's the one I read. Story I read one Paul Auster. Guy around the, yeah, he follows the guy around the, the city. city. Yeah, yeah, I read yeah. that. So I once came across a like thesis that was published as a book in Germany that uh, looks at both of those novels together um, and like how they deal with the uncanny and yeah. in, in the city of New York. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really interesting book. Wow. Um, it was like, it cost $60 to have it shipped. It was, <laughs> well, not to have it shipped, but like to buy and have it right. shipped. But it was totally yeah. worth it. It's super interesting. Oh. Huh. Um, but yeah, jazz, like it's, I know that I'm going to read it frequently again right. throughout the, throughout the rest of my life. So, so you get more That's than Beloved, then? Pick. Yeah, I like it more than Beloved. Um, I have no argument with anyone saying that Beloved is a better book. Mm. Jazz seems more palatable, maybe. An easier book to reread. It seems like it's a little bit less brutal, maybe? Yeah, less brutal, but like equally inventive mm. and language-rich. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm drawn to this story, too. Yeah. That's cool. I'm, I have been recently Morrison Pill by reading Beloved, so I'm going to mm. jump in for sure. So I'll probably read Jazz sometime soon Good, and I'll yeah. report back my findings. Excellent. Nico? I picked East of Eden. Oh, wow. I read it, I think, last year, and I was surprised at how readable it was and yeah. how like like a lot of those 19th century books that we were talking about feel like they're from the 19th century, and they have that thing where they do not care about your time, and they'll they'll do whatever they want. And East of Eden really felt much, much more like it's it's moving faster than, yeah. than a lot of those. Yeah, so that's my. What's your relationship with Steinbeck in general? Uh, I've only sexual. read a couple. Yeah, but I but I've liked them. I think you know compared to I think he's has a better style than Hemingway and a mm. and a less dense style than like Faulkner. But yeah. of, you know of those big modernist writers, yeah, I, I like him the best. Here's Wrath. Read that? No. Okay. That's the one that I like the best of Steinbeck that I've read. I've already seen though, so should, we should trade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, swap stories. But yeah, it's a great underrated pick for sure. Steinbeck is like a, one of those great American novelists that doesn't get talked about as often anymore. Yeah. Oh, I guess not. Good choice. So I wanted to go, or I was tempted to go with uh, Go by Columbus, obviously, by Philip Roth. We talked about that quite a bit on this podcast in various combinations. And probably is still my favorite pick there. Lots of other contenders here. This is like Brick. This is my favorite. I've read, probably read the most novels of 20th century, probably of anything, which is not surprising, I suppose. Right. But I, I was thinking about it more, and I was like, what would I want to talk about this? Maybe not. It's still up there, but not rehashing my my Roth love again. And I landed on another book I've talked about a little bit, but not too much, which is The Remains of the Day by Kazuo Ishiguro. I love that book. It's Dave would have liked it, but I spoiled it for him. Oh, was no, it? Remains of the Day. Never mind. Wait, what? I was thinking of Never Let Me Go. Oh, right, yeah. Which I also liked, but Remains of the Day is the one that really hits me the hardest. I truly love that book. It's another book that made me cry when I was reading in high school. And even at, you know, right in senior year of high school, which seems like a little maybe too young to really grapple with Remains of the Day, but I did a pretty good job of it. I love reading it again now to see. I feel like I might might be emotionally ready to read that book now. <laughs> I think having read something under 40, it might be a tough one, but we'll see. I should go back and revisit it. But man, what a gorgeous, sad, perfectly structured novel, I think. And just Ishiguro's voice is that kind of like 
patient, hesitant voice that I really appreciate too. Yeah, a great book that I can't recommend enough uh, is Remains of the Day for sure. What are some runners up that you... Did you read The Sleeping Giant? No, but I would like to. Thought about that, uh, spoiler, when we get to the literary crossover. Oh, yeah? And actually land on it, but yeah. you might like it. It's, it's weird. I'm sure it would. I don't know if you're sure you would. There's a lot of people that don't like it, but <laughs> it's also good. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's very, it's got its sad wistfulness, so you might. That's yeah. my alley entirely. That's, yeah. yeah. That's so what I do. Check it out. <laughs> sad wistfulness. Runners up under the volcano, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Totally. A recent fave. Yeah. But what a discovery, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll read that again. Yeah. Totally. You think you will? I would like to. Yeah. I don't, I don't reread as often as you do. I tend to like love something and then put it on the shelf but it'd be good to reread it see what would happen because that first read was such a specific journey with the almost giving up in the first chapter that's so dense and difficult and then falling in love in the middle section and then a power read to the end i wonder what a different knowing what i'm going to get would do uh for a second read we are going to go stay in the airbnb and like under volcano mexico whatever so (laughs) we will do that as a podcast and read it then maybe potentially yeah other runners up what else did you think about listening but didn't want to get yeah exactly all of it i was gonna say yeah read so many of his books right Right. it's like it's hard to leave them off the list yeah for sure well if you had to pick one i mean for a long time my favorite was breakfast of champions now i think it's galapagos but also i think slaughterhouse five is his best book so probably that one yeah you go favorite vonnegut or runner up oh, any runners i didn't up really mention i didn't i didn't i don't know i i i i don't read a lot of books from the from that long ago sure. <laughs> right you're more of a modern guy yeah i thought you were gonna say snow crash yeah well that's more of a sci-fi book oh okay so that's yeah. oh yeah well, so that's, that's not even in the sure. discussion <laughs> in the we're close to chicago mine well i thought about the book i think we're both considered for the short stories category yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> you said you had ideas for all of us before yeah so for you guys snow crash for brick eye lolita and for you i had what did i have well it was either between like a morrison i think like beloved potentially i hadn't thought about jazz though maybe it's tony morrison oh that cemetery oh (laughs) (laughs) very excuses favorite jail (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite king right that's your yeah i don't know if it's my favorite king oh really it's it's the one that scared me the most oh, okay. for sure. Right. Mm. Um, but favorite, I don't know. You know, I've read a lot of his books, and right. it's definitely. I wouldn't say Pet Cemetery is like the best. Right. One of them. Right. Mm. Like I like the Dark Tower series a lot, mm. although I know you guys did not. I couldn't get very far in those. Yeah, I don't even tried. Or maybe read half the one. The first yeah. One. Yeah. There, I mean, we haven't mentioned a lot of the big ones. We haven't mentioned Joyce. We haven't mentioned Fitzgerald. Yeah which are, you know, probably obvious ones, right? thought about Huxley, maybe Brave New World, a book I really love, but, you know, probably also is becoming more of like a, I loved it in high school for sure, and I wonder if there's maybe less to go back to now. Brave New World? Maybe, I don't know. I, I read it, not I don't read it with children, but it's still good. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it's, it, you know, I think it's still good because it's still relevant. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe more so now than 10 years ago, but, right. you know, there's a lot of complicated, it, it's very similar it's like you know we talked about this when we talked about 1984 i think but it's very similar to 1984 but also very different they're like two different kind of looks from a specific Mm. point in time or close to there to the future right (laughs) like they're both pretty dark but in very different ways you know i think that the the oppressiveness of 1984 is a lot more kind of rigid than right uh, than what you get in Brave New World. Yeah, in Brave New World, it's the uh, 
has more of like a not more of a plot i guess but kind of more of a plot i suppose um, like more happens in brave new world I mean, the plot's kind of similar to be honest but yeah. i don't know if more happens in brave new world I, mm-hmm. I think the i think it's it it front loads with a little more like you got to buy into the premise a little more like yeah. 1984 is pretty pretty straightforward like the big brother stuff whereas yeah in brave new world it's it's a little more i I think high concept is the word but there's a little more more system it's like you have to know yeah it's a little more like at at first it almost feels like it's being philosophical before you realize it's being critical right yeah right it's when i because reading 1984 a couple years ago that was a revelation uh it was such a bracing read now maybe we should go back and read brave new world and see how it feels now it's not a particularly long book no definitely yeah yeah and easy to read for sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know, not too difficult. You can watch a Peter Gallagher movie. Yeah, or uh, a Nemo's in it too, right? Yeah, it's terrible. A couple others I was going to mention: Carson McCullers, Harzen Lou Hunter could have been on that list for sure. Thought about. I mean, I wanted to mention Bradbury, but uh, that'll come up in our short stories, I think, pick as well. So I had some category fraud going on. So I don't know. I, that's why I landed on as a girl, probably. Yeah. Good picks. Listeners, tell us your thoughts on the 20th century, a big one. What books do you go back to over and over again? What are your favorites? From <laughs> They're that? all the same size. <laughs> Ten tens. <laughs> Email us at yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com with those thoughts. We're not on social media anymore as of now. We will be soon in some form probably, but uh, until then. Only fans. What was that? Only fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should start only fans. Yeah. Why not? It's full of our mukbang. Well, they do like advertise themselves as like we have people who aren't naked, and it's like some of them I should have but like most people are naked. We could be naked and doing literature too. <laughs> so yeah, patreon.com is where we're mostly at these days. Patreon.com slash Babies, where you can get our bonus podcast for one dollar a month, access to a whole ton of fun. There's episodes about jokes, about ghosts and pickles. There's a candy tournament where we ate so much candy and got so sick but determine the best Halloween candy of all time and the best Valentine's treat of all time. Really doing the important work there on Patreon. And again, a dollar a month is all you need to get access to all that. And of course, we have merch, tinyurl.com slash shackbabies, where you can get posters, shirts, mugs designed by Brick. They're all very funny based on our little inside jokes. Make them your inside jokes by buying a shirt from that store. Until then, Yak Babies, yakking off. The Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael. Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. (laughs) 